you have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, no, just have to follow that because you don't know who you're going to meet. Podcasting from the Bluegrass State in the city of Frankfurt, you are now tuned in to Conversations with the Dean. Welcome, Conversations with the Dean, a place where every conversation tells a different story, roundtable discussions, and conversations with insight from voices within our community. So please make sure to follow us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all streaming platforms. And I'm your host, The Dean. Joining me today to discuss her career and personal journey, the Executive Director of the Sunshine Center in Frankfort, Kentucky, Ms. Amber Logan. Amber, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad that you uh, gave me this opportunity to talk with you today. Well, I actually stumbled up on this conversation. I was scrolling through Facebook. And I think something of the Sunshine Center was tagged. Mm-hmm. So I went and did a little research. And I'm glad that I did because, like I said, I hadn't um, heard of the Sunshine Center. And I live in Frankfurt. So hopefully today we'll not only get a little insight on the Sunshine Center, but also Miss Amber Logan. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so every conversation, I start off with a random question. Okay. So the question for you is... If you could be any superhero, who would it be? Um, I've always been partial to Captain America. I like uh, his values and his moral code. I think when I was thinking of that question, that was the person that I thought of in regards to superhero, too, because of that integrity, his value. And he doesn't have all the powers or whatever, but he's a stand-up type of guy, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like we said in the beginning, um, you're the executive director of the Sunshine Center. Tell me a little bit about the Sunshine Center and the services that it offers to the community. Okay, well, they've actually been around for a long time, since the 1980s. Um, they started very small, and we now offer um, parenting classes, supervised visitations, uh, counseling for adults and children. Um, we also have um, a, a infant pantry where we supply diapers formula to those in need we're in the throes of our christmas assistance program right now to help families provide a christmas you know when they couldn't otherwise especially now during covid and these these difficult economic times um we also uh do a lot in the community as far as support we offer uh, housing for child abuse and domestic uh, violence victims. So do you think that y'all fly under the radar a little bit? Because like I said, I've been living in Frankfurt for 10 years and I couldn't find it when I, you know, right. set the appointment. So I absolutely do think that there's very uh, there's bigger uh, domestic violence and abuse shelters. And I think they kind of overshadow ours at times. That's not to say that we don't have a lot of clients and we're not busy. Uh, we, I mean, unfortunately, we do have to turn people away almost daily. Um, but yeah, I've had similar experiences. You know, I've only this is I've been here for a year now, and I had heard of the Sunshine Center when I came to interview here, but didn't know a whole lot about it. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I've lived in Frankfurt all my life. And I just think that, you know, people, we, and I don't know if it's, we don't advertise well enough or, you know, that's, it's kind of a hard service to advertise for, but we've been a lot more active on social media and uh, we just revamped our webpage. So hopefully those things will help. Yes. Now you're originally from Frankfurt and currently still live in frankfurt that is that's correct correct, yes tell me a little bit about um your youth or growing up in franklin county okay um yeah i grew up here um as a child we didn't have a whole lot of money um i did however my mom uh, put a lot of precedence on education so i went to a private school that was something that you know she often worked two jobs to do for us um, and I, you know, due, due to a lot of things that happened during my childhood, I, uh, had a, a child at 18. So, um, I, I did end up, you know, it took me about six or seven years, but I didn't end up putting myself through college, but you know, it was, it was rough trying to be a single parent and, yes. and do all that. Yes. Um, I, I remarried later and um, had three more children. So there were a lot of times that I was a stay-at-home mom. And then um, when my youngest son went to, was going to preschool, uh, I, when I took him for the, the interview process, they um, were interested in hiring me as well. So I taught for 17 years at Capital Day School. And then, um, I don't know, I felt like with the experiences I had had, I could make a bigger difference doing, you know, I love teaching still to this day, and I, I do, still do some tutoring here at the center. Um, but I felt like that I could do more, and I could make a bigger difference. Yes. So a friend of mine was actually on the board of directors here, and they sent me a message saying that they there was a job opening. They thought I would be really good for this position. And so I came and interviewed. And like I said, I've been here a year. And I've learned a lot. And it's been different, but very rewarding. Good. Yeah. Now, now, let's talk about your career a little bit. Okay. Um, now, as I was reading over your bio, I, I seen... Now, you're a graduate of Georgetown. Yes. That's correct. Mm-hmm. But you also have some Kentucky State ties as I well. Do. Walk me through that a little bit. Okay, that that's where I started. Okay. Um, because right out of high school, I went to Kentucky State, and it, it was, I'm not going to, you know, mince words. It was really hard to try to raise a, a child and go to college, yes. especially by myself. Um, so, you know, there were times when I would go and then sit some out and go and, um, finally, my first position at Capital Day School was as a preschool teacher. So I had, I had an associates from K-State at that time. Okay. And then again, you know, I was driven to, to do more. So I wanted to teach higher levels and that's when I finished my degree through Georgetown. Okay. All right. Um, now, now let's talk about, you started in teaching. Yes. Um, Child, early childhood education yes. is what your degrees uh-huh. are. Okay. Give me a sense of, you know, everything that you had been through, high school, college, your transition into that professional world, becoming a, a teacher to start your career out. 
Uh, well, my parents divorced when at a, I was six or seven, I think, and uh, my dad remarried, and he had several other children. We would spend summers with him, so I had been around young children all my life, and that just kind of came second nature to me. So I always knew that I would have a career working with children somehow. Um, I don't know. I loved being a mother, and those skills, again, came naturally to me. So I just really enjoy seeing a child be successful and, you know, helping families be successful. And that's, you know, that's teaching is not just the child. It's also working with the family. That's right. Um, so, so tell me, tell me some things that you wish you would have known when you first started your career. Um, well, I, you know, I, I think you probably picked up on the fact that I'm not an extroverted person. Um, I really have come a long way, though. And when I first started teaching, I, you know, I really did struggle with mm-hmm. talking to families and expressing and communication. And, you know, I, I've made great strides with that. So that that's definitely something that I would have loved to have had a better skill set with. That's kind of tough being, you know, introverted when you have students and, like you said, dealing with families and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I bet that was real tough. Well, it, it's, it's the craziest thing. You put me in a room full of kids and I'm perfectly fine with mm. that, but a room full of adults is a different story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so now, now what kept you drawn to, to Frankfurt, so to speak, um, the area in regards to teaching? Because I know you probably could have had other opportunities to maybe branch out. What kept you um, kind of here locally? Well, the number one thing is my, my family's here. And, you know, I... My my mother is aging and, you know, needs assistance, and my kids, for the most part, are still here. Mm. Um, but I, I like Frankfurt. I love to visit, you know, big cities, and, you know, I've been to different countries, but I like living in a town where, you know, you can walk in a store and people know who you are. Yes. And you get, you know, you get that kind of community and, and friend, friendly treatment. Yes. So... In regards to that change, because it's kind of a big shift um, in regards to teaching and kind of what you do now. What were some of the big influences that um, you based your decision on? Well, it's like I I told the board in my interview. um, At one point, I have been in all of these positions that these people are in, you know, so I felt like. I can empathize with their situations and, you know, help to explain things and, and give them resources and and teach them. Yes. You know, this is just because you're here now doesn't mean that's where you have to stay. Mm, that's right. That's a strong statement. Um, so up to this point, what would you say has been the most rewarding thing for you in regards to your career? Um, well, just this fall, we had a, a child abuse victim that we had housed for about a year. And I worked with him. He'd never been in a formal school setting before, and we got him into Georgetown College. He's got a free scholarship, books paid for, and everything. Yes. 
Now, now was that some of the things that y'all do in regards to the Sunshine Center mentorship mm-hmm. and and things like that? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, how how do you come across? Because I'm I'm probably going to be of the opinion. You correct me if I'm wrong. That this is going to be. Um, a lot of people volunteering and helping out in regards to running the center. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, now how do y'all go about in regards to getting those um, volunteers and those staff members that are going to be good with working with these families and and these young kids? Honestly, a lot of them are people that we know Mm. in, in some manner and they just see, you know, we'll post something we've done and they'll, They'll just reach out and say, I want to be a part of that. Right. So so let me ask you this. Um, who have you brought up your parents and your mom and dad? Who have been some people that have been influential to you in regards to um, your career maturing and stepping over and doing different things? Um, it's several of the people that I worked with at Capital Day, you know, were friends as well as mentors. You know, they... Uh, had already been teaching and, and helped me to learn. So I, I would, yeah, I don't really want to name any names, but several of them, you know, I've had some really great professors along the way that probably gave me uh, more chances than what I deserved. <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, I want to thank the Sunshine Center board because they really took a roll of the dice. I, you know, I was a teacher, so I didn't really have a background in uh, social work. But, uh, you know, they, they saw something in me that they believed in, so right. they gave me the chance. How important do you feel that mentorship and things of that nature are for our youth? Oh, they. I mean, we are very lacking in that right now. Um, I think they're greatly important because... Kid, you know, kids are going to do what they see and not what you tell them to do. And if, if you're not being a good mentor, and that's kind of what we do here. We work with the whole family because some of them are victims of, you know, generational cycles of abuse, and that's all they know. And if you can teach them different ways to, to handle things and, you know, teach them different ways to parent, and it's like a light bulb goes off in their head and, you know, the whole family can heal together. That's right. And with that, we are going to take a quick break. It's Coach Malik, Capital City Cyclones. Just here to remind you, the Cyclones podcast is now a part of Conversations with the Dean. So make sure you stop by and still get great interviews from players and coaches, along with other voices within our community. And we are back. Conversations with the Dean. We have Miss Amber Logan with us, executive director of the Sunshine Center. So, Amber, let me ask you, what are some things that you're working on improving about yourself? Well, because we're a nonprofit agency, we depend uh, greatly on grants. Uh, so funding and writing grants, uh, although I, I have to say, we, uh, I wrote one recently and we got the full amount we asked for. So that was, that was a great uh, pivotal point, you know, because I had never written a federal grant before. So, mm-hmm. um, but that and, you know, as we pointed out before, just getting our name out into the community more. So what is the complexity in regards to writing a grant you know you hear that all the time when you're 
seeing nonprofits, you know, grant writing and stuff like that. What is that a complex process? It's very complex. Mm. Uh, you have to collect data, you know, throughout the year and then analyze the data and, you know, write up a plan based on those numbers, providing budget information and um, projections for the year. So it, it's very in-depth. Okay. So, so let, me, let me ask you this on a personal note. What are some things that you are deeply proud of in regards to your life? Um, like I said, finishing my education, mm. uh, my, my parenting. Uh, well, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't only me, right. but I feel like uh, my husband and I have done a very good job with that. And, you know, any, any more to, to raise successful, happy kids is, I mean, it's hard. Yes, it is. It is. And, and you talked about your husband and your children. Tell me that importance of family to you and, and that strong family structure and bond. Well, I mean, I think that's the most important thing there is. Um, you know, they carry you through. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> there's been a lot of times to where, you know, um, sometimes I think I take them for granted. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the people around you and the people that care about you. But if you don't have family that is supporting you and rooting you on and you doing the same – Days can get very long, can't they? That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a lot of people that come in here. They don't. They don't have that support. Right. Yeah. And I think me and my me and my wife was talking about this. You know, and people will judge and gauge or what all they're lazy. Some people just don't have that support to give them direction. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, when a person is given direction or a compass, life becomes so much different for them. Right. 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 So. Mm-hmm. T- tell me, tell me something that you've dreamed about doing, but you've never said out loud. Mm. <laughs> wow, I, I, you know, I usually am pretty vocal about what I dream about doing. Um, of course, it would probably have something to do with traveling because I, I love to travel. Do you? Yes. Now, when you say travel, are you talking? Um, Inside the United States, outside the United States? In, any. All, all of the above. I mean, I've been to Colorado. I love it there. Um, I've been to Europe, several places. I just like to learn about different people, different cultures, and, you know, see the world. It's it's a big place. So what trip that that you've taken and you have still have good memory of has been the most impactful for you? Um, probably Scotland and Ireland. Really? Mm-hmm. No, why would you say that? Well, I, I've kind of traced my ancestry tree um, and have Scottish uh, heritage. So, that, okay. you know, seeing some of the places where your family originated is kind of cool. Now, when you think of the average person thinks of Scotland, they think of men wearing kilts mm. and, and things like that. Do they still live like that in, over there? Some do. Do they? Yeah. Now, were you able to experience the culture in that light or more so just from a um, visitor's perspective? Oh, well, see, if you ask my kids, we always, uh, <laughs> we, we have adventures, not vacations. Okay. So, uh, we travel Walter Mitty style, if you've ever seen that movie. Yes. Um, so I feel like we get a pretty good look at the actual culture. We stay in, you know, Airbnbs. We stay in in the, you know, communities and the villages not the americanized hotels and things so yeah i think 
we got a pretty good view of the culture. Now, tell me a place that throughout your travels you want to get to, but you've yet to get there. I have a big list. Is it that big? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have a a really good friend that's from South Africa, and I'd love to go there. Really? Mm -hmm. Now, have you been to uh, um, Greece or anything? Not been to Greece, no. Not that far, you know, east, I guess. But, um, no. Just, uh, I guess the farthest I've been that way is Germany. Okay. All right. Got on the Autobahn? Yes. Did you? Dri- I didn't drive. You didn't? <laughs> no. So, so let me ask you this. Um, tell me something recently that you've changed your mind about. Um, okay. Uh, voting. Mm. Voting is a big one. I used to be one of those people that, oh, because of the electoral college, I'm just not going to bother with it. I don't have time, you know. But now I've, you know, I don't know if you saw the video that uh, the intern and I made of, uh, you know, why you vote. So I've, I've really, you know, not only for myself, but am trying to promote voting and enable, empowering people to vote. I think for a long time, people have the same mind state. What's it matter? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but, but I think for me, especially Reese, it's, it's so many different social developments that are going on right now around us that I think that even if the person or the party that you vote for doesn't win, at least you feel comfortable and confident in saying, hey, I I tried to do my part, right? Right. Well, and, you know, I've seen several documentaries on how hard, you know, our ancestors have fought just to get that right. And, you know, it it doesn't seem right to not – do as much as you can to support that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Just do what you can. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not capable, that's fine. But if you're capable, get out there and make a difference. Right. Right. So this is a question that I ask everybody that I interview. And hopefully I get a thousand different answers if I interview a thousand different people. How do you define success? <laughs> it's so funny that you asked me that <laughs> because uh, my my son and I were talking about that. He's kind of at a crossroads right now. And um, to me, success is not about money at all. It's, you know, it, it's finding out where your strengths lie and helping as many people with those gifts as you possibly can. Yes. Uh, and, and I think the other two people that I asked – basically we're along the same lines in regards to success may not necessarily be about you. Right. It's not. It's absolutely not. Right. You know. So tell me something that you are curious about right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a hard question. Um, I'm curious about learning some foreign languages. Really? Yeah. Now, what what would be the first if you were to start learning foreign language? Well, I took French uh, all the way through college. Mm-hmm. So uh, Spanish, obviously, because I feel like, you know, we have so many people that have a need for, you know, people to be able to communicate with them. Yes. Um, so definitely Spanish. Um, uh, you know, there, we, we've got several uh, Indian cultures here, so probably one of the Indian languages as well. Now, you said you took French all the way through college. Mm-hmm. Do you speak 
any French or are you? I do, and, you know, because I don't use it very often, yes. you know, you lose a lot. Yes. But uh, we took a trip to Paris and we were able to maneuver. So I really? was proud of that. Yes. Let <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> switch gears here, bringing up Paris. Um, from what I've heard, it's a beautiful city. Um, what What do you pull from Paris that you wish they did in the United States or culture-wise or whatnot? Well, one thing that I noticed is, you know, they don't have any of the prefab buildings. You know, they mm. take care of their structures. And, I mean, they've had some of the same buildings for thousands of years. Yes. Um, another thing is there, and you wouldn't think this about Paris, but they have the cleanest drinking water. Really? In, in the world, I think. Um, but they use an oxygenated ox. I can't say that. <laughs> some kind of oxygen instead of the chlorine. But um, it, it, you know, the, the, it's more uh, sustainable. Right. So I mean, I, I definitely would like to see that here. Now, how do y'all how do y'all travel when you're in those type of places like Paris? Do y'all walk, bikes, cars? How how do y'all get around? In, in in the bigger cities, we usually will take a taxi mm. or walk. We do a lot of walking. Okay. Um, if it's, you know, I like to stay in the cities outside the bigger cities. Right. And if we do that, then we, we rent a car. Okay. Mm. All right. So let me ask you, what's something that you love to do but just don't have time to do it? Uh, I like to hike, and actually, I'm excited because uh, I have two sons that are having a birthday coming up. So we're going to Red River Gorge and okay. do, do some hiking. Now, are is it yourself or is are y'all outdoors people as a family? Oh, as a family, really. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you do you hike bigger um, trails or mountains and stuff? Do you have a bucket list when it comes to that? Well, we actually, I mentioned Colorado. We actually uh, uh, climbed part of Pikes Peak. And, really? Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, there's a thing called the Manitou Incline there, and we did that. That's a straight up up mile hike. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, is there, a, is there an art form to that, the hiking, or you just get out there and hopefully you're in enough shape to get to where you are? <laughs> That's it, exactly. <laughs> Well, my family uh, owns a CrossFit gym here, so, I mean, we, we do that together as Okay, well. mm-hmm. all right. Now, um, fitness. So are you um, more of a fitness person than a stay-at-home person and watch TV, or are you a get-up-and-go or kind of? Yeah, I'm more of a get up and go. Uh, like I said, we you know we work out every day. Really? Uh, that's how I know Jalen. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean that's something that we started when our kids were younger, and it's something we all enjoy doing together, and we've just kind of kept it up. So. Now, now, how did y'all get into fitness? Did you get into um, the fitness more so before the marriage, after the marriage? Is it a combination of both? Oh, it was after. After. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, was there any reason why? Is just something you like to do? Well, it was something we could do as a family mm. that we all enjoyed. So, I mean, like I said, family is, is very important to us. And, you know, when you can find those things that you can do together, that's, it's, it's irreplaceable. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So let me ask you this. Tell me something that you failed at and tell me what you learned from it. 
I failed at so many things. Haven't yeah. we all? <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's lots of tests I've failed. Um, I, uh, I would have to say, uh, okay, I can think of a good example now. I, and this part of what drives me here at, at this job. Um, I have failed. I have two siblings that um, have been victims of substance abuse, and I have failed to help turn them around, you know. But, you know, like I tell the employees here, you cannot help someone that is not ready to help themselves. Right. What, what, do, you, what do you get from those type of situations when it's, it's kind of like you're the helpless helper? You, you want to help, but what, what can you do? What do you get from those situations? I mean, it just, it, it, it teaches you to, to be able to let some of that go because, you know, when I first came here, things really hit hard sometimes, but you have to, at the end of the day, be able to let some of that go and know that you, you just don't have control over everything. That's right. And really, a lot of times, the only way to move forward sometimes is to let go of the luggage that's holding you your back. You, you know right. what I mean? And, right. and that becomes luggage in a lot of ways if, if you allow it to. Right. So, yes. Um, let's lighten it up a little bit. First, tell me your favorite restaurant. I, I'm going to give you a... Um, a global question since you're a traveler. <laughs> Give me the best restaurant you've ever eaten at. Oh, wow. Um, the best restaurant I've ever eaten at. There's, I'd say some of my favorites are in Louisville. Really? Mm -hmm. Out of all the places you've been in the world? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Louisville has a bunch of, uh, they're not chain, they're un unique mm -hmm. and um uh, we ate at a little place called uh, Four Pegs not too long ago, and it's just a little dive hole in the wall. But they had really good, right. good food. So, what is your what? What would be your go to restaurant? It, it, now, you being the healthy, more so, I'm not going to think that you're going to be eating out every other night or every right. Week. <laughs> um, I enjoy breakfast, mm. so first watch is is a good is a good go-to place because okay. you can get breakfast, I mean, almost any time. So it, would that be your go-to order in regards to uh, if you were given an, an option, breakfast? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a breakfast person myself. I can eat breakfast all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So do you have a culinary specialty? What, what would you say if I asked your sons and your husband the meal that they would like for you to cook for them? Every day, what would they say? Actually, I don't know about most women, but I'm pretty good with the grill. Really? So, yeah. Uh, they would probably say something on the grill. Now, are you um, a barbecue type person or are you more so just a grill for that that type of flavor and taste? For the flavor and taste. Yeah. 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 So, 18-year-old. Amber Logan, talk to her right now. Oh, gosh. I mean, 18-year-old Amber Logan was so introverted and impulsive. Uh, and I see it's, it's funny because, you know, when you have children, you look and 
you can see them going through the same things that you went through and there's really nothing you can do about it. Right. You can give them that advice, but, uh, so it's almost like reliving that when you see your kids go through it. But, uh, you know, one of the main things I would tell 18 year old Amber Logan is not to worry about what other people think. Mm. To just, you know, do what you know is the right thing and not try to please everybody. That's right. And I think, you know, the society that we live in today is so much. If if you could, if I could tell a kid that, that will be what I tell them. Every kid. Don't try to, imp- just be who you are. Right. You know, because I spent a lot, a long time in my life trying to figure out who I was. And, you know, when you figure it out, it's like. How could you be that person for so long? <laughs> well, I, I sit and I'll say, gosh, I wish I had that time back that I spent. <laughs> right. right. And with that, we are going to close. I would like to thank my guest, Miss Amber Logan, for sitting down for the conversation. And before we leave, I want to give Amber an opportunity to kind of tell everybody one more time about the Sunshine Center and the um, things that it offers to the community. Thank you. Um, Yes, the Sunshine Center is a domestic violence child abuse center. We help families heal through therapy, parenting classes, supervised visitations. Uh, We welcome any and all that want to be a part of that. As a volunteer, I mean, we have many options. So just uh, call us at uh, 875-3495 or visit, uh, send me an email at frankfurtsunshinecenter at gmail.com. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, subscribe, review, and leave a comment. And also, make sure to share with a friend, colleague, or relative. And remember, while no single conversation is guaranteed to change the direction of a career, a business, a relationship, or a life, any conversation can.